Act Four of The Times by Arthur Wing Pinero. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The scene is the same as before, but it is now early morning of the day subsequent to the events of the previous act. Bompas, still in evening dress, but looking very much crumpled, is asleep on the settee. Jelf enters whistling. The governor? Why, he hasn't been to bed all night. Phew! He is walking away on tiptoe when he meets Mrs. Bompas entering the room, dressed in a morning wrapper and looking pale and agitated. Jelf, I am anxious about your master. He is not in his room. I can't think. All right, mum. There he is. He must have dropped off there. Oh. Jelf goes out. What can he have been doing all the night long? Turning over a litter of papers on the table. To the electors of the Northern Division of St. Swithin's. Bompas moans. Poor old man. Reading. Gentlemen, actuated solely by conscientious motives. Bompas mutters in his sleep. He's dreaming. Hark. Mr. Speaker, sir. Oh, dear. Nothing but a stern sense of public duty. That miserable speech nothing but an acute perception stop shaking him percy bumpus uh, opening his eyes hey wake wake he starts to his feet where are you going the division the division no no you're at home it's morning at home morning i've been dozing i sees his notes on the table gentlemen actuated solely by conscientious motives i i remember he looks broken down and much older than in the previous acts what have you been doing all night trying to furnish my constituents with my reasons for becoming a member of the irish party can't you manage it no i began in the library but my ideas wouldn't flow i've started afresh in nearly every room in the house but my ideas won't flow i don't get any further than conscientious motives old man do you remember twenty years ago when you just sold our business at kennington and bought two shops which were to grow into our present colossal establishment rather as if it were yesterday and do you remember how we sat down together you and i and drew up an announcement to our old customers yes percy bompas has the honour to hope that in embarking upon his great enterprise in the west end of london he will not lose the support and goodwill of those old friends who have laid the foundation of his present prosperity ah 
our ideas used to flow in those days old man didn't they i suppose i i suppose it was because we were younger ah <sighs> he sits beside her that was when we took a house at haverstock hill do you remember do i remember our first home this side of the water how we have got on since then haven't we it was a nice house though you think so because we did so much to it ourselves i put up the short blinds in the bedrooms with my own hands i know that i preferred doing it i hung every blessed picture in that house i can almost feel the blisters from the cord now i wonder what we should think of it all today if we could see it again not much after this i suppose not we've got on so since then haven't we rather <sighs> ah. she gently puts her hand on his our first big half-past-seven dinner party do you remember oh lor yes clara never mind that well dear we were inexperienced then we gave them plenty to eat though eh it took you half an hour to write each menu part of the food was sent in i recollect and part of it was done at home it doesn't matter much now many that were there won't clatter another knife and fork but to this day i regret the part of it that was done at home my face burns too after all these years when i think of it do you remember where the cook's cap was found <laughs> be quiet that was the night too when we had one of our men from the shop with p bompass round his coat collar to announce the guests it seemed all right then yes by jove it's astonishing how we've got on since <laughs> ah well i suppose i'd better change my clothes percy percy old man do you ever feel you'd like to go back back i mean to keep our experience but to go back to the contented simple part of the old times it's no good wishing that clara when you've got knowledge you've lost everything else it seems to me there's only one thing to do in this world to go on even if you're on the wrong road clara my dear get on get on trimble enters clutching a newspaper and much agitated here you are oh dear friends trimble monty have you seen it seen what the morning message miss cazalet's paper ah anything about me anything about you say us us dear e b it's all out out what's all out the whole bag of tricks and she has had the temerity to drag me into it me me look look in the everybody's friend column reading a fraud on society great powers it is time that some light should be thrown 
on the projected marriage of the son of a wealthy member of parliament and the daughter of a mysterious Hibernian widow, who is stated to have passed some years of her life in improving the condition of the Dakota Indians. Mrs. Montreford! Wait. As a matter of fact, the accepted history of the widow's antecedents is pure invention. You're so slow. She snatches the paper from him. Mrs. Bompas reading. A marriage has already taken place between the parties before the registrar of a remote district in Wales, and the second ceremony is a barefaced attempt to palm off on society the young woman and her mother under assumed names as people of some distinction. The paper drops from Mrs. Bompas's hand. Good gracious me! You're missing the most outrageous part of it, dear Mrs. E.B. This is the illusion which will rouse your indignation. Listen. We believe we are correct in stating that the audacious conspiracy owes its inception to an honorable dear friend of the young husband's family. There. Can there be any question as to whom that points? I've never been so upset. My position in society is at stake. What am I to do? Dear friends, really? Not a word of sympathy? Upon my soul, this is, I regret to employ the term, very like ingratitude. Mrs. Bompas to herself. After all, after everything, held up to the whole world. Oh, naturally, the first step you will take is to deny these assertions indignantly. Deny? They can be proved to the hilt. Well, well, but at the worst, you can declare that you have yourselves been cruelly deceived. No, no, I... I can't. You can't? Dear, dear friends, I... I admit that I am, for once, slightly swayed by personal considerations. Pray remember what you owe to me. Who has betrayed us? Obviously, McShane. That detestable widow must have told him, and he... No, no. We've secured his silence. You have? Mr. Trimble, you are not aware that I'm a member of the Irish party? No. Yes, yes. And after the way I've labored for you in the very highest conservative circles, then the traitor must be here, in your own establishment, dear Mrs. E.B., you must put your finger upon him or her before we go further. Pray, let us summon every interested person. Mrs. Bumpus and Trimble pull the bell ropes. What's the use of it? The use of it? Dear lady, do try to consider the terrible position in which my good nature has placed me. Jail fitters. Jail to Bumpus. I don't know whether you'll see anybody, sir, but... 
Jelf, your mistress desires to speak to Mrs. Montrafford, Miss Montrafford, Mr. Howard, and Miss Barrow, here, at once. Yes, sir, but... Do you hear? At once. Really? Jelf withdraws. Oh, there are certain contingencies which I believe even the keenest intellect. Good gracious. What? Why, look, look. What's the meaning of this? Miss Cazalet enters, pale, agitated, and in tears. Miss Cazalet? You, you know what I've done? Oh, you wicked woman, how can you show your face here? You do know. Oh, I am so wretched. Wretched? Listen, dear. I don't mean dear. I mean Mrs. Bumpus. I was quite mad last night. Mad with vexation, indignation, anything you like to call it. Just think, to be kicked out of a decent house by an old woman you hate. And even now, when I'm sorry, I could slap her in the face. What have you come here to say? Not this. <laughs> when I left here, I had only one idea in my head. To be revenged on her. Oh, if I could have got a hold of her husband, as I might have done years ago, what a fool I would have made of him. Miss Cazalet. Well, I rushed down to Boswell Court. You know, the office of the M.M., in a fury. I saw that by discrediting your family, I could humiliate the woman whose son is engaged to your daughter. And I scribbled those lines. Ha! Ah, I almost wrote them with my nails. Cruel, heartless. Then I supped at the club, off biscuits and champagne, and went home to bed. To bed! Look at the rings round my eyes. I declare I haven't slept a wink. Look here. I'm downright sorry. There. You've been very kind to me, you and your stupid husband. I beg your pardon. There he is. And I've behaved like a... what you please. To sacrifice you to hit Lady Ripstow. So now, tell me what to do to put things right. I'll do anything while I'm in a penitent mood like this. Anything. Oh, I'm an inconsistent, miserable, ill-conditioned woman, and have been all my life. Trimble to Mrs. Bompus. Most fortunate. An ample apology to myself and others in her paper tomorrow will set things straight. Never. Some busybody is sure to inquire further and discover the facts. Of course, of course. Um, we must divert the suspicion from ourselves. I have it. She must publicly and explicitly apologize to some other family. It's all right. I remember a similar case in which I... Taking a lozenge. Now what you have to do, dear Miss Cazalet, is to place yourself unreservedly in my hands. Your hands? What business is it of yours? Dear lady, you forget I am the person most grossly libeled. Oh, of course. I've mentioned you, haven't I? Mentioned me? 
Mrs. Bompas looking through the doorway. Mrs. Mountrefford. Trimble to Miss Cazalet. Come into the next room, and I'll advise you in your terrible difficulty. Come, come. Mr. Bompas, Mr. Bompas, when I go down to the office, I'll instruct someone to write a short, complimentary leader on your last night's speech. Bompas raises his head. She is startled at his appearance. Whoa! Madam, I never spoke. Shh, shh. He's a member of the Irish party. Come along. As Trimble and Miss Caslet go out, Mrs. Hooley enters, followed by Honoria and Beryl. You've heard from him? Him? Tim. He's repented of his unkindness. He's... Mrs. Bompas handing her the newspaper. Look at this, all of you. Read it. Read it. Mrs. Hooley, Honoria, and Beryl read the newspaper. Now see what you and your daughter have brought to us. Oh, oh, mother. Oh, the unfavorable comments. Who is it that has helped to bring this final disgrace upon us? That is what we want to know. Dishonorable as we have been, Mr. Bumpers and I haven't quite deserved this. There, my heart's broken. Mamma, go away. You've been against us all through. Your sympathy is no good. Pa and I don't want it. Oh, the uncomplimentary allusions. Beryl steals over to Bumpus and sits beside him. Barry. Papa, dear. Ah, you can crow over Ma and me now. This is your triumph. This is... My triumph? Slipping her arm through his and laying her head upon his shoulder. Oh, Papa, just think. Lady Ripstow and Denham enter. Lady Ripstow, Lord Lurgasol. Beryl to herself. Denham. She goes out quickly. Percy, Percy. Bumpus raises his head with an effort, then lets it sink again. Oh, I am painfully distressed. You have seen that terrible woman's newspaper? Mrs. Bumpus nods. To my horror, I find that one of the maids has allowed the wretched news sheet to be brought into my house. And so these paragraphs have come under my notice. Of course you give an emphatic denial to the hideous charges. Mrs. Bompas trying ineffectually to rouse Bompas. Percy! Oh! Surely, Lurgishal! Ah, here are the two ladies who are implicated. Mrs. Montreford, Miss Montreford, I ask for your assurance that there is not the slightest foundation for these abominable insinuations. The misfortunes that have come on us. Mother, darling. Mrs. Hooley and Honoria sit, embracing and weeping. I, I understand. To Denham. Oh, take me away. Lady Ripstow, you evidently don't know. Lord Lurgasol has not told you. What? 
his engagement to beryl is broken off lady ripstow turning to denham broken off last night oh my son my boy the relief is too great i i can hardly credit it oh, and to think that up to yesterday there was some question of lord ripstow calling oh. she sinks into a chair denham to mrs bompas don't be alarmed my mother is always like this at the end of the season i think her drops are in the carriage he goes out lucy tuck pale red-eyed and trembling enters quietly miss tuck mrs bompas child oh mrs bompas they think i've come back for my boxes but please please hear what i've got to say i've seen the paper this dreadful thing in the paper it's my fault that it's there all my fault your fault yes when your son told me the secret of his marriage my boy told you howard <laughs> howard enters wearing a gaily colored morning jacket do you want me pa do i i i percy no no here what now at me again i i i oh dear oh dear bumpus sinks back on to the settee honoria seizes howard and drags him away come away now when do i do right i don't the newspaper is put into his hands oh don't blame him blame me for instead of keeping this secret as i ought to have done i blurted it out to my 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 aunt and now now oh will you forgive her forgive her yes yes you must a friend has just called in at our lodgings to say that unless every syllable of what aunt has stated can be substantiated she could be sent to prison for vindictive libel to prison certainly lady ripstow i didn't and if ever a woman deserved such a fate ah no but you wouldn't do it would you you wouldn't do it mr bompas mrs bompas oh please please you don't know you don't know miss caslett enters followed by trimble lucy lucy throwing her arms impulsively round miss caslett oh mother 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 lady ripstow whispering to lucy disengaging herself you little i i knew you'd do this some day lucy whispering to miss caslett i didn't mean to it escaped me hush run away child i'll follow you lucy goes out with faltering steps sweet girl how fond we are of each other to mrs bompas i'm teaching her to call me mother you heard her it is only affection's a little comedy but the mere name soothes a lonely woman ah 
Miss Caslett to Mrs. Bompas, offering her hand. Goodbye. Mrs. Bompas, half frightened, shakes hands with her. Good-goodbye. Lady Ripstow, you're looking very old. When Lord Ripstow once did me the honor of calling upon me, he told me that he was a great admirer of young women. Think that over. Good day. She goes out. <gasps> it isn't true. Fiend, it isn't true. Lady Ripstow. Dear Lady R. Lugshall, where is Lugshall? Jelf shows in McShane, who carries a newspaper. Directly Mrs. Hooley sees McShane, she hovers about him persistently. I see him. Showing newspaper. Mr. Bompass, I'll trouble you to look at that. Ah, oh, I see you've seen it. Upon my soul, sir, I'm disheartened. Is this the way you keep a delicate family secret? To think that such an exposure should occur on the very morning the leading papers chronicle your conversion to the Irish party. Tim. What's that? Tim, darling. Good morning, ma'am. I'm talking to Mr. Bompass on political matters. To Bompass. Oh, it makes me sick to contemplate it. Badly as we wanted you, we can't take you with a disgraceful accusation hanging over you. People are so fastidious nowadays. Go away, Kathleen. Returning to Bompass. But understand me now. We shan't part with you without a struggle. To Mrs. Hooley. I'm speaking privately, ma'am. To Bompas. Somehow or other we must bottle the horrible affair up. The party will help. If we don't succeed, sir, I warn you we'll not have you with us. We will not be polluted by you. We'll not... Will you leave us, Kitty? Oh, the vexation this will be to Michael James Shannon. Look here now, ma'am. Oh, the disgust of Joe Finnerty. Dear Mr. Megas. Your confidential adviser. To Mrs. Hooley. If you don't release my coat, ma'am... Now, I know you've seen the monstrous paragraphs which have appeared this morning. Seen? I thought so. But, dear Mr. McShane, I hope you won't need my assurance that those very personal allusions are not intended to refer to our dear friend there at all. Not intended? And, what is more, the next and I believe final, issue of that unhappy journal, will tender the humblest apology to the actual family so mercilessly libeled. Some very worthy people of the name of Higginson, I am informed. McShane to Trimble. I grasp the move, Mr. Trimble. I understand, sir. To Bumpus. Well, well. 
then i suppose you'll be permitted to make your first contribution to our parliamentary fund in the course of to-morrow ah but i'm ashamed of both of you oh the trickery of it oh the what is it kitty he retires with mrs Hoomey. percy what i have to say mr bumpus is that under the circumstances i deem it my duty not to altogether withdraw my friendship from your family charming my old friend mr trimble has uh, hurriedly explained to me the weak but amiable way in which he allowed himself to be dragged into this affair i don't regret it and i gather that means have been taken to avert disgrace during the brief remainder of the present season therefore we shall exchange greetings upon meeting as usual this is quite delightful and so things in this really charming house will go on in the same old pleasant routine just as before just as before just as before with the exception of course oh dear lorgershall and <clears throat> of course otherwise just as before mrs bumpus and bumpus to themselves just, just as before just as before no 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 there is a general movement of surprise denham and beryl enter percy dear e b bumpus to mrs bumpus sit down why sit down old lady take a sheet of paper quick clara and write 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 what what bumpus dictating to the editor of the times sir mrs bumpus writes what ails him gripping lady ripstow's arm kathleen i beg your pardon turning to mrs hooley kathleen bumpus dictating permit me to announce to my constituents through your columns that i intend to immediately resign my seat in the house mrs bumpus writing percy dear friend mr bumpus you are demented bumpus to mcshane keep away from me keep away mcshane retreating against lady ripstow kathleen i beg your pardon to mrs hooley kathleen bumpus dictating to retire from business and to reside abroad now dear e b i must speak a word oh, here pa upon my soul to lady ripstow excuse me bumpus dictating your obedient servant no 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 no, no. ring the bell clara ring the bell mrs bumpus rings bumpus writing percy bumpass 
No, Edgerton. Damn the Edgerton. Oh. Oh, the vile language. Bumpus addresses and seals the letter. But, 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 dear E.B., you're undoing all I've done for you. This is practically an admission of, of everything that's unpleasant. Absolutely. Without doubt. Ah, he's ruining my character for me. Jelf enters. Bumpus to Jelf. By messenger. Dear friends, pause, pause. You are fatally compromising me. Tout, meddler, go-between. My position in society, I, I... Bumpus handing the letter to Jelf. By messenger, at once. Jelf withdraws. A confession, and I involved. A confession? Yes, a confession. Clara, old lady, I, I've broken down. My head's gone. I can't stand it any longer. Take me away, out of it, out of it. Yes, yes, Percy. I wasn't always as I am now. It is getting on in the world that has ruined me. I've thought of it all night through. A self-taught man must always be a proud fool. He has a double share of vanity, the vanity of the ready pupil and the vanity of the successful tutor combined. <laughs> he is blown out till he bursts. I say there ought to be a law to stop men like me from getting on beyond a certain point. Prosperity weakens our brains and hardens our hearts. It takes honest friends from us and seats things like that. Pointing to Trimble. In their chairs, it spoils good wives and breeds bad children. No, no, Percy. It hasn't utterly spoiled me. I'm tired too. We'll go away together, you and I, old man, to some place where we're not known. And we'll try back, shall we? Shall we? She kneels beside him. All right, Percy. Cheer up, old man. Here, Ma, this is a nice blow to my prospects in life. Come away. You've got me. McShane to himself. Well, well. I suppose I'll explain matters to Michael James Shannon and Mr. Finnerty as best I can. I've done my utmost for the party, and if Mr. Finnerty gives me any of his temper, but I'll not anticipate. Contemplating Bumpus. Upon my soul, that's a humiliating spectacle. Oh, the moral I could draw from it. Mrs. Bumpus looks round at him fiercely. Take him away, ma'am, as soon as possible. He's not made of the right material for political life. Oh, what an escape the party's had. He goes out. Tim, dear. She steals out after McShane. Uh, Mr. Trimble, Mr. Trimble. Oh, pray take me downstairs. Lugashal has evidently... I am here, mother. One moment. Mr. Bumpus. Percy. Well? You are going to leave London to live abroad, I hear. 
Yes. There is one duty which I hope you will perform, sir, before you start. Duty? A father's duty. To give Beryl to me at our marriage. Barry? No! No, I forbid it! Look, Ashul! After all! After all! He sways. Denham supports him. Oh! Lurgershall! End of Act Four End of The Times by Arthur Wing Panero